markets are struggling, Clive. Uh, Chinese data showing signs of lower economic activity. Yeah, well, the stock market themselves are pretty high. So, Tina, as you mentioned uh, in your intro, uh, uh, they look very, very strong. I mean, the MSCI Asia Pacific this morning uh, is up uh, north of uh, uh, 1.5%. So that shows you that there are some signs of, of a recovery and the strength uh, in the Asian market. Nonetheless, what we were looking at was the Chinese data, and that seems to give an indication that, unfortunately, the Chinese market is still struggling. If you look at those imports, for example, that have, de- have declined, and also the exports also declined, depreciating that, uh, and that means that obviously uh, this will have some sort of an impact on South Africa as uh, China's biggest trading partner. So it is actually a very interesting time uh, to be uh, considering what the economy is doing in that particular country. But nonetheless, we are still optimistic. We looked at the Japanese stocks, for example, and uh, those looked very positive this morning, and also including the um, uh, economic data that came through that showed that obviously there's been higher productivity levels uh, in the uh, last quarter of the Japanese uh, uh, economy. So that would have obviously surged and helped some of the automotive as well, industry in Japan, including industrial companies as well, would have welcomed those particular news. And you'll see that if you look at the Hang Seng, for example, uh, it's picked up quite uh, significantly uh, over the over. Over the, over the evening. So I, I think one of the things that we, we seem not to uh, uh, that we grapple with uh, in terms of understanding the Asian markets is the fact that um, their currencies are very diverse. And so uh, depending whether or not you are investing in yen or yuan uh, or, or any of the Asian markets uh, in, um, uh, currencies, as long as the dollar remains at the level that it is, and I'm sure a lot of South Africans are very excited about the rand and how it's been performing, but nonetheless, uh, they are very also pretty much reliant on what happens in their currencies, uh, particularly with the dollar, and they gain uh, when the dollar is strengthened because obviously they rely so much on exports. So that's where we stand at the moment. Again, I'm hoping for the month, by the way, for the month, uh, the Asian markets are a little bit um, under the blanket. They're not doing as strongly as it looks uh, on a day-to-day basis. Interesting there. And- and then also, Clive, you know, the dreaded talk about ratings agencies. Will South Africa survive a possible ratings agencies downgrade in the first quarter of this year? That is a, a, a very uh, tricky question to ask, Sakina. I think you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but let me, let, me, let me explain. So what, if you listen to what the president said on January 8th, for example, his projections of the economic growth this year uh, seemingly says that it could be 2.9%. And I want to believe that. I want to believe that. It is, however, very, very difficult to see where that growth is going to be coming from. And a lot of commentators, and I've been talking to some of my other colleagues as well uh, in the economic framework, who have been saying, look, if the drought is going to be uh, uh, it's going to subside this year, if we look at the number of the agricultural products, that's going to be taking place this year, if you include the industrials, if you include some of the contracts that we saw uh, push the business confidence up, I'm talking about the building contracts that are taking place. Uh, we were talking about it even, even on Monday. We were talking about what is going on in terms of uh, the infrastructure development, the bridges that you see in Sanson and all the infrastructure development. It's not just Sanson. It's not just Johannesburg, not Houghton. You can see it as well in the Cape Town as well. We've seen that. We've seen that in Durban. Um, and so all these things are, are signs, Sakina, normally uh, that the economy is going towards the right direction. The question, however, is will the, the rating agencies look at that as that productivity and say, listen, this means that these guys are on the right track. 
And unfortunately, we don't have, because we don't have the models that they use, we don't understand uh, to the T how they actually evaluate uh, these, 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 these calculations. It's very hard to say. However, if we were to go just on productivity, and we saw it, it went up again by 1.9% in the manufacturing sector, so that alone would be giving signs that there's just no chance at the moment that you see how they would want to justify a downgrade in terms of our credits. And uh, let's just wrap up uh, the main events uh, on this front for the week, Clive. What did you like? What, what story? Which one did you well, like? you know what? N- never mind what I liked. Uh, let me put yeah. uh, the listener question to you from Tabi. Yeah. And Tabi says, please ask your market analyst about the chances of mass withdrawals from APSA given the 26 billion rand debacle. Remember Andile Mletama, uh, Black mm. First, Land First, going to the public protector for that meeting yesterday. And today, yeah. uh, Mail and Guardian is leading with uh, APSA's apartheid debt. The public protector says the state must recover billions from that bank. Oh, 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 you know what? I don't know about withdrawing from uh, the clients and the banks. I think South Africans, are, as you and I very much know, are very brand loyal. It would be hard for them. I don't think that there would be, be uh, such a reaction as uh, that they would lose uh, a lot of their clientele. But what I can tell you is that the response by APSA is going to be very interesting, uh, whether or not they show that they care about their customers. You remember you were talking about it, about FNB and those guys that lost uh, their safety deposits and how the bank has responded to that. And it seemingly hasn't satisfied a lot of people. And so it is the interaction between the client and uh, and, and, and the service provider uh, to make sure that they are absolutely making the right decisions when it comes to these things. If they don't, we're going to have a, a situation where there's going to be people who are unsatisfied. And so, you know, when you're not satisfied, there's many options. Um, and, and I'm not promoting anyone here, but there's new banks that have been built, and you know that. You know, we've got we've got uh, Discovery Bank, we've got Bitfest Bank. So there will be alternatives. So obviously, if a company wants to keep its clients, it has to play fair, transparent, and also make sure that it does the things that most people would believe would be the right thing to do.